there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Welcome back for another show, everyone. We're moving on to our 17th episode, and I want to start this episode by asking Emilio, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I shaved my beard for a costume for Halloween. I was a Carm from the Bear. And I took absolutely no pictures of it because I hated how I looked with no facial hair. So no one will ever know what that looks like <laughs> ever. I, yeah, I'm I'm actually really shocked to hear this because I only saw pictures of you as a banana. And I thought you shaved for that costume. And I was like, why? <laughs> no, no, it was because I was a uh, Carm. I really wanted to, uh, I guess, get into the character. So I just hung out at my cousin's party and chain smoked and was constantly stressed out and walked in and out of the kitchen. You didn't cook anything? No, no one let me cook. (laughs) (laughs) There was Little Caesars. I commented on the Little Caesars. That's about it. That you liked it or you didn't like it? I said I didn't like it. It's not up to uh, Carmi standards. (laughs) (laughs) I think Carm is very like working class oriented. So I think he would like it. Yeah, I I like he would like it after like a long ass day. He's yeah, just fuck go. yeah, Little Caesars with the with the crazy sticks. Oh shit! I on the other hand have grown out my facial hair again, so we're like opposites. We're like uh, we're like uh, Benjamin Button, where they meet in the middle. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> we're Brad Pitt and Benjamin Button. <laughs> um. <laughs> I wanted to tell you something, Emilio, and I wanted to get Uh a genuine reaction. Uh, So we're recording this on a Friday. Uh, This morning or last night, I had the most fucking vivid nightmare ever. And I, you know, when you have a nightmare and you wake up and you're just like, oh, shit, that was a fucking dream. Thank God. Holy fuck. I had (laughs) a dream like that. And I don't mean to be like awkward or weird, but the, the premise of the dream was that you died and I was just like so fucking sad, dude. Like I never had such a vivid dream like this. Uh, it's so weird. Like your dad came to tell me about it, um, and it was incredibly emotional. And then I'm not gonna lie to you. After like going through those emotions, my other thought was like, well, I gotta end the fucking podcast. I'm not doing this shit anymore. <laughs> oh, and then. Shit. I- and then I woke up and I, I swear it was like out of a, out of a, like a movie. I like clutched my heart and I was like, oh my God, holy shit. Thank God. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> it's honestly kind of flattering. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody will miss me when I'm gone. Yeah. There's one. That's all you can hope for. <laughs> there's one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Now I know like when I, when it's when it's getting there, I'll be like, you know who got me? Joseph. Joseph got me. <laughs> He'll be sad. Uh, well, I don't have a good transition from this, but whatever. We're covering Ides of March. <laughs> <laughs> to, released in th- 2011. And uh, it's a very political-oriented movie, a thriller starring Ryan Gosling. Um, 
I wanted to ask Emilio, um, as I was watching this movie, it's, it has a lot to deal with like um, getting too close to your idols and finding out that they're kind of shitty people. Um, mm-hmm. And it made me think about how enamored I was as a youth with Obama and thinking he was like the best president ever. And then growing up and realizing that he is a very complicated figure. Um, I want to just ask you in general, what is your like memories about Obama's presidency and then like anything that stands out to you about Obama? Um, I remember just how enamored everybody was by him, at least like adults that I was uh, surrounded with some uh, classmates um, definitely were a little more outspoken about him than others. I personally liked uh, the change or the idea that like there was going to be like significant change, but like looking back on it, I do just remember how hounded he would get by Fox News all the time. Yeah. Um, over like weird stuff, like a like his tan suit. Um, they would constantly hound his wife, <laughs> Michelle Obama. Um, I do remember only like one thing significantly affecting my everyday life. And it was like that, that lunch program she had or initiated. Um, but looking back, I just remember he was very charismatic, spoke eloquently, um, came off, uh, very, uh, I guess like, um, a tip, not like typical, but like a how a good figure in terms of like presidency, like, like how well he came off. Um, and hundreds of drone strikes that he, <laughs> that he approved of. <laughs> I always think of that, that, uh, TikTok of, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in that Spider-Man movie. And then he goes, no fire, all the drones now. And, <laughs> So there's like a texting Barack Obama in his presidency. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, like, yeah, it's just crazy watching this movie because the movie follows uh, Ryan Gosling's character, but he's working for a campaign for a guy named Morris who is on the Democratic ticket and he's very progressive and Mm -hmm. he says all these promises of like uh, paying back or like stopping student loans uh, making sure that the country, that the the U.S. becomes more fuel efficient. And it's just like all these empty promises that um, politicians have to put out so that they get people on their side. But once they're in office, they kind of prove to just be another like moderate uh, or close to conservative leader. Like um, mm-hmm. it made me think about Obama a lot. Like as a kid, I didn't know much about politics. I just saw him for at face value and thought like, yeah, he's really progressive. I mean, he's the first African-American president. But then now as an adult and having a history degree and teaching history and then looking at his policies and just being like, holy shit, he was not that fucking progressive. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I know you also have a question for me, so I want to hear it. What is it? Uh, Yeah, my question, because this is like our first, I guess, political movie that we that we're covering my question to you is do you bring politics up at the local or not the local do you bring politics up at your family thanksgiving or christmas dinner um i 
don't. I mean, like the most political that my own family gets is maybe my mom talking about um, El Salvador. My parents are, are Salvadorian, um, and currently there's a president named Bukiel who is like revered in the for some Salvadorians he's revered, but for people like my mom and myself, like I think he's a huge piece of shit. Like he just fucking sucks. Um, you know, I don't want to get too political because I don't want to start an argument among fans. <laughs> but still, um, I think that is the most political it gets. We just talk shit about Bukiel. Um, and then I also spend a lot of time with uh, Carlos' family. Uh, they somewhat talk about politics every so often, and we're all pretty much on the same page. We all have like more um, uh, liberal and socialist leanings, so we're all there's never a fight or anything. Um, but yeah, nothing too crazy. It, it, in my classroom, definitely, we're, we're in a history class to bring up politics, so we have students from that follow stuff uh, from all over the political spectrum. And sometimes there's arguments, but as long as they're polite about it, then whatever, it's all good. What about you with your family? You know what? My um, family is kind of pretty politically divided. Um, I am like a liberal per se, a liberal person. Uh, A few of my cousins are. uh, Some of my cousins who are in um, self-business are not. They're very uh, conservative, but only when it comes to certain um, topics. Uh, but some of these topics that um, that they're concerned with do directly correlate with them. So obviously they're going to feel very strongly about it. I do have a few cousins that post a lot of political stuff on Instagram Sure, yeah. That I'm kind of just like, oh boy. Uh, my dad makes some comments here and there now. I don't know if it's just because he's getting older, but like we'll be, I'll, I'll come over, hang out for a bit, and like grab a bite to eat or just hang out. And there will be like a clip of Nancy Pelosi on like just some quick news clip, and he'll be like, God, I can't stand her. <laughs> Need to get her out of there. She's too old. But like every time, just, I'm just, every time I'm just so like, what the hell? Like I've never heard this guy talk like that. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, fair. Yeah, true. But who gives a shit? That is funny. Like when I hear that, I am like, I agree. But what are your leanings still? Like, are you yeah. saying this as a conservative take or like a more liberal take? Um, I'm feeling self conscious about my statement <laughs> about earlier, <laughs> but I just want to. But I just want to give a definitive statement that, yeah, Bukio can go fuck himself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to walk around in circles. That's how I feel. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good segue into uh, the politics of the Ides of March. The Ides of March, released in two thousand and eleven. Um, Dude, this was not- like. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but go this for is it. like the year of Ryan Gosling because Crazy Stupid Love came out. Drive, uh, this film also came out. Like the Crazy Stupid Love and Drive were like big, big films for him. So this was a, a good year. Yeah, yeah. This motherfucker was working this year, and it's crazy that he just did these three movies, which I think are all great fucking movies. I don't mean to tip my hand too much, but 
yeah, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, it sits at a perfect 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, I never try, I don't, we never discussed Rotten Tomatoes, but I never try to use it as a marker of how good a movie is. Uh, yeah. Because in the end, like, who gives a shit? Just watch something on your own and decide. But, um, yeah, it has 83%. It was nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Actor, uh, Best Motion Picture, uh, Best Drama. And the screenplay was written by uh, George Clooney and a team of other people. Uh, and then it was directed by George Clooney as well. Um, oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he produced it, too. Um, what are your personal feelings about George Clooney? We've never brought him up, uh, brought him up before. What do you feel about him as an actor? You know, I when I was like younger, I kind of uh, associated him with like being like that heartthrob actor that's always in like romantic comedies or not romantic comedies, but like romantic romantic movies. Um, he is in uh, that really bad Batman movie, um, which was a terrible play on his part. But um, I saw him in a movie that I really liked and it really turned me around on him. And it was, uh, oh man, I f- I'm going to guess it's right burn now. after reading. Oh yeah. That one, that one's a good one too. Um, but no, it was a specific one. It takes place. Oh, up in the air. Oh yeah. 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 That's a great one too. Yeah. Yeah. Up in the air. And then I didn't realize it at the time, but I used to be really into Oh brother. Where art thou when I was younger? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah a great I loved, movie too. I loved the music in that movie. And I rewatched it and I was like, oh shit, this is George Clooney. And then all these movies that I kind of skimmed over, I realized that George Clooney was in all these great movies, like Fantastic Mr. Fox, um, The Descendants, that one really turned me around on him too. Yeah, he's been in, he's been in some really good movies. And I think it's just like how he was portrayed like in terms of like paparazzi in media when I was younger, really kind of turned me off to him, but just like looking back on his filmography, he was in a lot of good movies. Yeah. I think he's really cool. I also grew up watching that Batman movie too, Batman forever. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunate that he's in that, but Hey, sometimes <laughs> you got to get a fucking paycheck. So I don't, yeah. I don't blame him. Um, yeah, I love him in uh, burn after reading. Uh, I think he was also in gravity too, right? With Sandra Bullock. Yeah. yeah he was and in that's gravity also, too pretty good movie too so yeah i think he's fucking phenomenal he's definitely a star uh this movie ides of march what is your history with ides of march have you seen it before i have i've seen it uh actually my dad put me onto this movie he used to uh get dvds from he would get the copies that get sent out to the academy people and they would watch it so it'd always be like some blank dvd and would say for your consideration and he got a copy of this because I don't I did not watch this in theaters, um, but he was watching it and he knew that I liked Ryan Gosling. So he was like, oh, because I had just shown him Drive because I really wanted mm. to watch Drive. So I had my dad sit down and watch that. So he was like, oh, this is a Ryan Gosling movie. And we watched it. And it was good. I really liked it. Even like at a I think it was like 17 at the time. And I really liked it and it still holds up very well like to this day 
Yeah, this is my first time watching it. I think it was a pretty damn good movie. I do want to give a shout out to Carol. Uh, we were watching it together and she was not into it, which is perfectly fine. But she did have a really funny quote. She was like, in the middle of the movie, she was like, this is like the Walmart version of Succession. And I <laughs> do think she is right about that. Like there were a lot of, um, like a lot of undertones of like moments where it felt like we were watching Succession or something trying to emulate Succession. But hey, this came up before, so whatever. <laughs> Maybe Succession uh, is the Walmart version of the Ides of March. Maybe, well, actually, no, I don't they're know. Probably like the Gucci version or something. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you: Do you have a synopsis ready for us? Yes, it is a bit of a mouthful, but um, as Ohio's Democratic par- primary nears, charming Governor Mike Morris, played by George Clooney, seems a shoe in for the nomination over his opponent, Senator Pullman. Morris's idealistic press secretary, Stephen Myers, played by Gosling, believes in his candidate's integrity and the democratic process. But Myers' meeting with Pullman's campaign manager, Paul Giamatti, and a dalliance with a young intern, Evan Rachel Wood, set in motion events that threaten Morris's election chances. This movie has a lot of really good actors in it. Yeah, this is a fucking star-studded cast. Uh, we open up on a shot of Ryan Gosling walking out to a podium, and he is uh, reciting a uh, speech that is about religion. Um, and he is reciting this speech, and then suddenly you pan out and you realize that he is reciting this speech to no one. There's no crowd. He is like prepping for Morris's event. Morris is the presidential candidate who he works for. Um, and as soon as we're introduced to Ryan Gosling's character, Steven, we are met with this scene that really shows that he's the person who is on top of his shit and he's like a go-to person for this candidate. Um, what did you think of Ryan Gosling's look and his character, Steven in general? Dude, it's so weird. Um, I watched it and I was thinking Ryan Gosling looks kind of older in this yeah, shot. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like the, the cameras that they used or the style, or maybe it's just because, you know, you, you watch him in uh, Barbie and he's like super clean shaven, but he has like some stubble. Maybe that makes him look older. It does look a little bit like it's it might be shot on film. I'm not mm-hmm. too sure, but it does look like a little bit more of like a grainy movie. So maybe that ages him, ages him up a bit. I do like um, how there's all these like little technicalities that go into politics because he brings up, Oh, uh, we need the, uh, risers at the bottom of the podiums for, uh, Morris to stand on. He, and he makes an excuse. He's like, Oh, he can't read his notes that well. And then, so he's walking off with another character named Ben, who I think is like under him. Yeah. And, uh, he goes, if he needs to read his notes, why doesn't he get glasses? And he's like, this guy's five, eight. He's gonna look like a midget next to this guy. And it kind of reminds me of uh, like all those things that you hear about with like um, with uh, was it Trump? Trump making like Trump making fun of a lot of people. Yeah. And that really did like change public perception of those people that he made fun of. And it's really it kind of plays into how much you have to be or look your A game or else you're going to lose out quickly. 
I think that this movie also is, uh, I don't think it's aged at all, at least not too much. The only thing that ages the movie is maybe the cell phones they use, but that's like totally forgivable. Um, but it does show like a age of politics before Trump for sure, where politicians were always had to be polite and cordial. Uh, and anyone who acted out um, in impulse was seen as an idiot. Uh, now Trump has flipped that and obviously he gained a lot of following from being so fucking flippant. Um, let me double down my other polit- my other hot political takes and just say I could give a fuck about Trump. Trump can go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> and if our follower count plummets because of that, then so be it. Sorry, Emilio. <laughs> but um, yeah, so from this scene, we see that uh, Morris is having a debate with Pullman. Morris is the Democratic... Uh, I you know I had trouble following this. I know that he's a he Democrat. um he's a the he's a Democrat uh Democratic candidate. So I guess uh-huh. he's running for the Democratic uh, party. Yeah, he's trying he to. He doesn't have the nomination secured yet. Right? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think okay. it comes down to him and the other guy, which is Pullman, and that's why I thought Pullman uh, was a Republican, though. That's what I was confused about. He's still running for the Democratic ticket, or they just say he's more Republican. <laughs> No, he, um, there's a scene with Paul Giamatti's character, who I believe his name is Duffy, and he mm-hmm. he's explaining that they'll let Pullman lean more Republican to get more votes. Oh, okay, Because gotcha. I think Thompson is a Republican. Senator Thompson, yeah, he has more yeah. Republican leaning, yeah. Yeah, so they, they would let Pullman lean more Republican to get more votes. Um, but no, he's not, he's not Republican. So they're, they're both the top two guys who are going against each other to secure that, 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 uh, that vote for Democratic nominee. Yeah. When we see they're both debating and they're both competing for Ohio's primary, uh, it's very obvious in the scene that Morris is way more charismatic and Pullman is not as, uh, good at giving speeches or talking to crowds uh we see that steven is hanging out with paul paul is played by philip seymour hoffman and together paul and steven work on morris's campaign and then on the flip side on this guy pullman on his team he has a guy named uh tom duffy who is played by paul giamani um I just wanted to ask you Emilio, two big fucking stars are revealed at the beginning of the movie um, what do you think about uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then what are your thoughts about uh, Paul Giamatti as well? Oh, dude, they're both um, such great actors. Like they're in a whole other league. Um, well, I mean, R.I.P. to uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, but they're such great um, character actors, and in the acting world, uh, like. I mean that kind of gets misconstrued, but they're they're just so good at getting into their characters. Um, and I personally think in this film they steal a lot of the scenes that they're in. They're just even like the lines that they're given, like they're such minis- They're they're not like in the big plot of the movie, but they bring so much to the table, and they're just yeah. so good to watch, especially uh, opposite, you know, Gosling. And I mean, they're, they're kind of both like the, they're both two 
entities in this movie where the Steven's kind of skewing toward one or the other. And I think they do a really good job at um, being uh, uh, enticing, enticing Steven to either stay with Morris or go with uh, the other guy. Yeah, I agree with you. They're both fantastic actors. Um, the only thing that's unfortunate about Paul Giamatti is now whenever I see him, I think about him in those recent like Verizon or AT&T commercials where he plays Benjamin Franklin. Have you seen those? No, actually, I have not. Dude, it's like, I see, like, I understand he's probably getting paid a bunch of money, but he puts on a wig and he's playing Benjamin Franklin. Um, but what the fuck? Did he, why did he do that? <laughs> That's all I think about him in now. Um, he's also fucking <laughs> awesome and big fat liar. Yeah. Uh, and then Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love him so much. He's so fucking fantastic in, in all the movies he does. But the standout movie to me uh, is Along Came Polly. Oh, yeah. Him, whenever yeah, he's in a comedic role is so fucking funny. Anytime I'm playing basketball, I always think about his character <laughs> shooting hoops. Let it rain. Out, Let it rain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's so good. Fucking RIP. What a what a fantastic actor. Um, so from this scene, we see that uh, Paul and Steven are close friends with a woman named Ida. Ida, who's a reporter for the New York Times and is played by Marissa Tomei, who was also uh, playing opposite of Ryan Gosling in um, Crazy Stupid Love. So it's cool to see them again in another movie together the same fucking year yeah what did you think of uh marissa tomei in the movie i thought she was good um she's i mean she's kind of like hardly uh well i mean she does play like a major role in terms of like things that go on throughout the story but she's she doesn't have a lot of screen time but uh whenever she's in it she does play that role of a reporter very well um i imagine that's how a lot of reporters are on the campaign trail just trying to get any scoop that they can and like trying to make friends here and there and doing i mean whatever they can for that for that next big fucking story especially like with campaigns yeah i also like uh i'm not sure how to say her name i don't know if it's ida or ida i'm pretty sure they say ida but um they uh she points out to steven steven who is just so fucking enamored by morris and thinks that he's going to be like the most progressive president ever to be elected and ida just looks at him and says like you have to be realistic like one yeah. day this guy is going to do something that's going to make uh him seem uh that's going to let you down enormously so just be ready for that. And Steven just kind of brushes it off like, whatever. I do. Uh, yeah. He, she does mention like, oh, you drank the Kool-Aid. And then yeah. uh, Steven looks at her. He's like, I have. And it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Yeah. There are some cheesy bits in here. Ryan Gosling is definitely being his like cool, smooth jerk persona in this one. Yeah. Um, but he has some fucking intense ass looks in some scenes, which break that and it's crazy do one of uh one of his uh intense looks is in is is in the uh the spoon the the cereal TikTok yeah. uh vine i point i i wrote that down too <laughs> i wanted to bring it up <laughs> but um yeah let's let's like uh get to that scene but first i want to just point out some more like story points um 
Uh, there is a person, a intern, who works at the uh, campaign offices, who Stephen works closely with, who's Molly. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about their relationship in the movie? Yeah. So um, Stephen, I believe, is going over like their, or he's in their headquarters, the campaign headquarters. They're going over um, how Morris did at the uh, at the uh, fuck. What's the name of the shit that the people do where they debate at the debate? Duh. I like how they came to me after all that. <laughs> What's the thing where people talk to each other? Um, so they're going over talking points after the debate and they're looking up like old uh, speeches that Morris gave and he goes into his office and then we're introduced to Molly and Molly mentions that she's worked with Stephen before. And so she entices Steven into maybe getting a drink together. Um, he does kind of play like his, his like kind of like player, uh, womanizer vibe. Cause he's mm-hmm. flirting. He, you can tell they're flirting with each other and he just is coming off as like, I don't care what your name is. I just want to get a drink with you. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they do hook up and the scene was really supposed to be like sexy and cool, but it was very off putting to watch. Cause yeah. like she guesses his age and he reveals that he's 30. And then she says that she's 20. And then she says just super blatantly, like, is that too young to fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. There's there's also like one line that he says where he mentions uh, child endangerment laws. Ugh. (laughs) And and I just remember I just went like, what? Wait, what child endangerment laws? And I guess they were in Kentucky and that's kind of frowned upon. So they head to the other state which I forget is next to Kentucky. I think it's Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Because the movie takes place in Ohio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then so he goes, well, we can just cross the river to Ohio and we can get our fuck on. (laughs) It's so bad. And then they hook up and then they um, like Steven, we see in the scene that Steven's like so fucking consumed by work. As soon as he wakes up, he's working already making phone calls, but then they have another little chat and then, Molly reveals that she's actually 19 and it's like, even it's just, Oh God, it's so fucking weird, dude. It's, it's just so crazy how this like things have changed. At least it feels like that things have changed in the past 10 years because like, I can't imagine a movie putting something in there, like something like this, like a relationship like this. And it's supposed to be like, Ooh, this is so like naughty and and sexy and risque. Like this is like, yeah, this is like, bad this is like almost molestation this is so stupid yeah i think like um i think socially you would get frowned upon like if we because we're around 27 28 if we were to go out with somebody who was like 21 yeah absolutely i'd be telling you like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) yes yeah totally so bad (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um another key like point or another key thing in the story in this movie is that eventually Steven gets called to have a drink with Tom Duffy, who is running Pullman's campaign. And essentially uh, Tom wants to have Steven come work for him and leave the Morris campaign. 
And in this moment, um, Steven is being real cool about it. He meets up with him in person, even though he's not supposed to be meeting up with him. And he says something to the effect of like, my guy Morris is going to win. Like what, why are you even trying to get me to work for you? And Tom tells him like, look, very soon there's going to be a whole mess of information that's going to come out on Morris and all the conservative media is going to pile on him. And I'm going to tell you right now that Pullman for sure, my guy is going to win Ohio. And so now Steven is left in this like state of being distraught and a little paranoid as like things start to fall apart after the scene. What did you think of this one-on-one scene with Ryan Gosling and Paul Giamatti? Dude, he, he does this, uh, he says this really good line where, um, uh, Steven's basically telling him like, I'm not going to, uh, go to you. I'm not going to betray Morris or, uh, I'm not going to betray Paul. You know, this is, this is shit that the, that the Republicans do. And, uh, Duffy says this great line. He says, yeah, exactly. Democrats are too afraid to get down in the mud with the fucking elephants. Like we got to get fucking Mm -hmm. dirty. Like, and he says, I'm tired of watching great candidates lose out. Cause they don't want to get dirty. And I was like, damn, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> that's why. I'm yeah. Public. He also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also has a good line. Like, um, he asked him like, why do you want to work for Morris? Cause he's your friend. He's like, what do you want to work for your friend? Or do you want to work for the president? Like these, yeah, these little yeah, like snippy, like business lines that like get to you. Like, yeah, Paul Giamatti's right. I want to work for the president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, so we see like a few more scenes where like Morris is on the campaign trail. He's really good at his job. He's really good at speaking and that Steven's always on top of things. And Paul is also on top of things, helping out the campaign. Um, another key point in this movie, another thing that's always present is that um, Morris and his team or not Morris, but his team is trying to get Morris on board with giving a cabinet position to Senator Thompson. Mm -hmm. If Morris gets the support of Senator Thompson, he'll have enough people to back him up so that he can be the primary, um, the, um, oh my God, I should know the term, that he'll be like the face of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Um, candidate? Yes, that he'll be the candidate. Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) I teach government. Um, (laughs) And so uh, Morris he has a real like uh, moral dilemma because he does not want to work with Thompson whatsoever. So this keeps coming up as a story point. Um, But I want to skip over to um, uh, this like revelation that happens when Molly and uh, Steven are hooking up for a second time. Can you walk us through this scene, Emilio? Yeah. I mean, also now like the fact that Steven knows that Molly's like 19 and they hook up again, even worse (laughs) yeah um but after i'm assuming it's really late i think it's like two or three in the morning he said it's like 2 30 in the morning yeah and uh molly gets a call on her phone and steven's messing around with her he's like oh who is that like who's calling you so late oh let me see let me let me look at it and then he answers it and then no one says anything on the other line and they hang up and he looks at the number and it's morris it's the fucking candidate that called Molly and he looks up at Molly and he goes, why is Morris calling you at two 30 in the morning? And she reveals to him that 
she's been hooking up with Morris and she needs to get an abortion. Yeah, and Ryan pregnant. Too, yeah. Yeah. And Steven looks down at the phone and looks up at her and then looks down at the phone again and goes, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> And, and what should be a super intense scene is from the cereal <laughs> vine and the, that vine about the Brian Gosling being fed cereal. <laughs> and I can never fucking take a scene seriously. It's just like in Blue Valentine where it's this super emotional scene of him crying and pounding the fucking wall. But I'm just thinking of that stupid fucking vine. Too. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And you see the cereal like right under him. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the first scene where Ryan has a super fucking intense look in his face. Like you can really see that his world just fell apart and he looks like he's going to have an aneurysm or something. He looks so fucking crazy. And um, this is kind of where like, I really got into the film because you realize that he, he's just under Paul and Paul is the senior campaign advisor. So, and pretty much uh, Steven has to run everything by Paul. And now there's this thing that he's directly involved with that can destroy Morris's campaign. So yeah, like that sense of urgency and that sense of uh, fear is really prevalent when he puts fucking two and two together. But also, I mean, it is kind of scummy of George Clooney to be hooking up with a 19 year old. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's even the feels even yeah. worse. And he's married too. He's also married, so he's cheating on his wife, which is f- super fucked up. And he's he's a person in power that is hooking up with an intern. Like that is just so even more scummy. Like think about your boss hooking up with like the lowliest person in in at your job. Like that's fucking weird. Like don't you're yeah. abusing your power at that point. But um yeah, right after this he she tells him that uh Molly was reaching out to Morris because she needed money for an abortion. Right after this, literally I think the next day, Steven goes to the campaign headquarters and tells uh I guess his assistant whose name is Ben that he needs yeah. five hundred dollars in petty cash and he tells him, Do not write this on the books. And so he gets her the money and he takes her to a clinic. I, wait, sorry, I do want to point out is that when Ben, uh, when he tells Ben to go get the money, Ben gives like a little like snarky retort of like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll see what I can do or something like that. And then um, freaking Steven snaps back at him. He's like, just do it. And oh, that yeah. made me like, that made me think about me as a teacher of like, I'm just having like the shittiest day. I'm stressed the fuck out. And then a student comes in trying to be like funny or wacky or whatever. And then I'm just like, could you stop, please? And I'm just like, like you don't know what, what Steven's going through. So just sit like, down, cool, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Would you sit the fuck down? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go get me this money for this abortion now. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, Steven, Steven drives her directly to the clinic. And he is there with her for most of the time. And then he gets a call from Paul. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. To meet. Um, oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm missing a major plot point. Uh, right before this, Ida meets with Steven and S- Steven, uh, or, sorry, Ida tells Steven or she asks him why he met with Duffy. Yeah. And then this is like another one of those like, 
Ryan Gosling stares because he kind of like it's all like like what the hell like how do you, he doesn't even deny it he just goes how do you how did you hear about that yeah and she basically tells him I guess it's not a form of like blackmail but uh, she basically tells him that she knows that they met at a bar that that she knows what Duffy ordered. And if she doesn't get anything from Steven, then she's going to run the story just as is. And Steven's going to get hounded by press the next day. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, it's because it's like super frowned upon. They shouldn't be meeting with each other. Um, At this point, I don't know if it's supposed to be a big like reveal of who called Ida, but I already, did you already put it together beforehand? Because when he, he ends up calling Tom at a payphone and he tells him like, how the fuck did you tell Ida that we met up? Like, what the fuck? How does she know? And he's like, I truly do not know what you're talking about. And in a previous scene, we saw that Steven talked to Paul. So mm-hmm. Obviously, his own boss turned him in. Um, yeah. Do, do you want to walk us through that scene where they finally meet up? Yeah, I also forgot to mention because, I mean, this is kind of the, the Molly subplot is pretty major in the film but prior to this steven does tell paul that he met with duffy and he tells him because he has some information where he thinks that they morris can lose the the candidacy because he won't endorse with or because thompson won't endorse him and so at this point paul goes and sits down with Steven and Morris. And uh, this is where they tell him that they have to give Thompson secretary of state. Yeah. After this, um, Paul kind of grills Steven and asks him why he met. And he says, he doesn't know, like it was just for information. And then that's later revealed to where uh, Steven goes to meet with Paul and he tells Paul, Oh my God, like Ida has, this information on me that I went to go meet with Duffy and she's going to release it to the paper. Like, what do we do? I, who would have told, who would have told her? And then Paul just sits down. He's like, I did. (laughs) Yeah. It was me. You fucking idiot. (laughs) Like you didn't put it together. The whole fucking audience put it together already. (laughs) And yeah, I actually put it together too. I was like, dude, you only told like one other person. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking moron. Of course it's going to be your boss. Fucking interns taking them to abortion clinics and talking to the enemy fucking idiot you're weak, you're weak ryan <laughs> simp <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i do love- he's such a simp for taking her to the abortion <laughs> <laughs> jesus i think even uh morris pretty much tells him that yeah <laughs> but um yeah yeah so uh i do i do love um this scene between paul uh and steven because at this point, Paul pretty much has Steven like by the fucking simp balls that he has. Cause <laughs> I do want <laughs> I do want to point out to the audience that like or to our listeners, sorry, that um I know it's confusing because there's so many names, but when we say Paul, we're not talking about Paul Giamani. Yeah. We're talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman's character who is named Paul. Paul Giamani's character is named Tom. So yeah, in this scene, Ryan Gosling is talking to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. He basically lays it all out to Steven that he felt betrayed that Steven went to go talk to uh, Tom Duffy and he leaked the story to Ida and he leaked it to her because it would be easier, easier to fire Steven. 
and Steven is pretty much in shock and he doesn't know what to say. And Paul asks him like, again, why did you meet with Duffy? Uh, and Steven goes, I don't know. And he goes, yeah, you do. You did it cause you were flattered. Cause the other day he was like, Oh, I'm going to have to see him from you. Like you felt important. You felt more important than me. You felt like this guy is not giving my senior uh, campaign advisor information. He's giving it to me. And then he brings up like some story about how he, how he worked with like somebody and uh, he got an offer to go with the other candidate. He didn't take it. And in, in turn, once this candidate that he stuck with later on went ran for governor, he picked uh, Paul to run with him. Paul, I guess is somebody in politics who's very keen on loyalty and because Stephen went to go meet with Duffy he basically just wanted to cut him out of the campaign it's so uh, cutthroat and I think this movie does a good job at showing how cutthroat politics can be and I think when Garol pointed out how this is similar to succession there is a lot of truth to that because we see that if you want to move up in this society, you have to fuck people over like crazy. And if you want to stay in power, you're going to have to fuck people over too. Like there's no niceties that can be shared in this. Like everyone has to be on guard. Everyone's waiting to be um, uh, like stabbed in the back by someone. And uh, yeah, Steven got really fucked over, even though he was kind of thinking about fucking over his own boss too. Like he's not an innocent person either. He was also looking out for himself. Um, I think it's, um, it's pretty telling to like in the world of politics, like how much people just want to move up. Like, like I don't think there's anyone, I mean, there's maybe there's like a few people in that world who are keen on where they're at, but also whenever they're at where they're at, they want to stay there. And there's just so many people ready to take your position or um, if someone's like uh, if someone's a threat to your position too, like people are so keen on getting them out of there. Um, It's very telling and you kind of can see it like when there's big campaigns going on, you see people getting let go left and right and there's a new secretary nominee and there's just so much there's so many things moving around and it's all because people just want to get in these positions do you think you would stab me in the back to make this podcast even more popular say no say no oh my god say no (laughs) man dead air (laughs) <laughs> hey man i had a fucking dream about you <laughs> no of you're not gonna get <laughs> all right emilio's give me the thumbs up <laughs> no all right <laughs> um okay so from this scene we see that steven goes to tom he goes back to Tom to try to get a job with him working for Pullman. But Tom reveals that he never really wanted him in the first place, that he knew that um, Stephen was going to fuck up and somehow reveal that he met up with Tom and that Paul was going to get skittish and get paranoid and then he would fire Stephen. And so Tom just just says like blatantly to Stephen, like, look, man, as long as the other team doesn't have you, I really don't care. Like, I just wanted you to get away from Morris's team. So maybe politics isn't for you. And then 
Stephen retorts with like, politics is my life. What are you talking about? And then Tom says back like, oh, really? Politics is your life? Like, why don't you get out of this business before you become jaded like me or something like that? And it's yeah. just so like, this is Steven's um, future looking him in the face and he still doesn't give a fuck. This is still what he wants. Yeah. There's like, uh, yeah, there's that line where he says like, like get out of here or it'll, or it'll make you like jaded. And then uh, Steven goes like you. And then that's where he goes like, yeah, yeah. Like, like me, like, do you really want to like get in this game? Like it takes a toll on you. And uh, Steven, yeah, he tells him like, this is my life. And Duffy's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> as long as my, <laughs> as long as my fucking dude gets that nomination, like that's all I'm worried about. Fucking crazy, dude. Steven gets fucked <laughs> twice. Well, actually, he gets fucked like a few times in this movie. He gets fucked around a lot in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he gets fucked over a lot. I didn't want to ask you because uh, right before this, there's a scene where Ben goes to Molly, and uh-huh. Ben's telling her like, "Yo, did you hear what happened?" Like. Steven uh is out and I'm gonna take Steven's spot. And um I don't know if this happened off camera, but Ben pretty much instills like this major fear into Molly. Cause Ben says, Um, yeah, Steven went ape shit. And Steven was like, I'm taking everybody down with me. And like Steven mentioned that he's got some crazy fucking dirt on the campaign. He's gonna take the whole campaign down. And I was kind of thinking like like I again, I don't know what happened like off camera, but I'm thinking like, fuck, man, like this is the last fucking thing you want to hear if yeah. you had an affair with the fucking candidate. If you had an affair with the candidate and then also she's fired from her job, which is incredibly fucked up, like you're fired because the fucking uh boss seduced you or because you didn't have an option, like Yeah. Oh my god. And then she had to go get an abortion. And then you come back and then you hear about this, that potentially Steven is going to leak this story and your life is going to be fucked. So we come to the inevitable conclusion of Molly and fucking Steven comes back to the hotel where Molly is and he discovers her dead. She overdosed purpose. uh, It was suicide. She overdosed on prescription pills and it's just fucking sad dude like i was sincerely heartbroken for molly in this scene like it's so horrible what did you think of uh this whole like uh sub story and molly's character in general you know it's like there's so many um things at play especially like when it comes to like what you said which is like there's this figure who's in power who may or may not use that power to seduce somebody who's literally just like at the bottom of this entire hierarchy of people trying to get this guy to get into the white house and just how, how out of control her life kind of becomes because of all these people who are higher in power over her. Cause I mean, you do have Morris and then now you have Steven, who's who's pretty much her boss as well, that also seduces her. And, well, I mean, they kind of like, it's like a, what do you call it? It's a, a consensual on both parties. But you have yeah. this person who's in power, who knowingly is hooking up with someone who is a minor. Um, and because of his decisions as well, Steven's decisions, 
he tells her you made mis- you made a mistake and you can't play in the game if you make mistakes but he also made a mistake too so it's like it's kind of like we were mentioning earlier like this cutthroat thing of like if you have something that's going to affect me or it's going to affect somebody else like you got to get out yeah and it is really but- sad because even um they mentioned too that she's the daughter of a senator who is yeah. very oh, very um, she's the daughter of of the head of the Democratic uh, convention, so he's that's a, right. he's uh, Morris's boss technically. Yeah, and he is uh, conservative when it comes to uh, pro life or pro choice, and so that's why it's all kept in secret, and that's why just this immense dread i'm sure just came over her because this would completely destroy her life and it would completely destroy um her father's public image and yeah it's really sad because she saw no other way out of it fuck (laughs) (laughs) damn that's crazy damn dog that's fucking wild yeah um (laughs) but um we see in the scene that um Sorry, I didn't mean to undercut everything you said because I totally agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> Damn, bro, you went on for um, a minute anyway. <laughs> God. Uh, so we see in this scene that Ryan swipes, or sorry, Stephen swipes Molly's phone, and eventually, more the next day, Morris has a press conference uh, announcing that Molly was found dead in her uh, in her what you call it? God damn hotel it. room. Hotel room, thank you. <laughs> and that um that the that everyone's grief stricken. And then eventually uh Paul takes over the press conference because Morris doesn't know any more information about Molly. He he plays dumb. He acts like he doesn't even know her barely, even though they had this whole fucking uh relationship. Um and then suddenly Morris gets a phone call on his cell phone and it's from Molly. What the fuck? And we see in the crowd <laughs> that Steven is calling morris and this leads us for morris and steven to have a one-on-one confrontation in this emptied out restaurant do you want to walk us through the scene yeah so steven gets to meet with morris and like uh morris it's kind of like i i was legitimately um when i first watched it kind of concerned for steven because he has like his security there and my first thought was like, oh, my God, is he going to kill him? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to die. <laughs> I was scared. I was like, whoa, dude, fuck. And um, yeah, so Steven basically uh, tells Morris that he knows that Morris was sleeping with Molly and that Molly needed or that Molly had a uh, smishmorshman. And um, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> it just feels weird. <laughs> It just feels weird saying it so much. <laughs> oh, say it. It's a word. Abortion. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Abortion. Uh, so, um, yeah. So he mentions to uh, Morris that Molly had to get an abortion and that uh, Stephen basically tells her or tells him that he'll keep everything secret if he fires Paul, who's Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Morris makes Stephen his senior campaign advisor. And there is a, a great line that uh, George Clooney has. And I think it kind of shows like the real 
um, character or the real person that uh, Morris is because he starts saying like, like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck are you? Like, how, how do you even know this shit? You don't have any evidence? Well, you have a dead girl's phone? Like, what were you even doing there? And he goes, oh, I was cleaning up after you. He's like, no, you weren't. It was you. It was you that uh, picked up her phone the other night. You were fucking her too. And he tells her, like, you come in here with your dick in your hand? Like, you don't have anything. And I was kind of like, fuck, dude. And he was right. Like, uh, Stephen doesn't have anything. But then Stephen points out, like, well, if I don't have anything, then why did you call me down to meet in person if you're not worried about it? Yeah. So there's a there's this constant clash of words that they have with each other that's so, like, captivating and this scene really got me fucking tense dude right uh so right after right after he says that morris is like you don't have anything just get out of here like like this you're not you're not cut out for this and he starts walking out and then dude the way he come i don't know if he thought of this lie like on the spot but he just goes like she left you a note and he immediately turns around and he's like really like he, he she he says yeah there's a note saying that she's sorry she doesn't want to ruin your campaign um that she had to get this abortion done. And Morris does point out, he goes, why would she leave? Why would she not want to destroy my campaign? But she leaves a note like that would do that. And Steven says, well, she's young and she doesn't know any better. And there's like this tense part where Morris keeps saying like, there's no note. And then Steven tells him like, well, well, you can play it like that if you want. And it's it really comes down to like this decision where Morris has to either believe him and take him on as his campaign advisor or senior campaign yeah. advisor, or take the risk of it being a lie. But then yeah. it's not, and then he has no chance of being president. So that also kind of yeah. shows like how how bent these people are on continuing to move up and get more power. Cause he, because yeah. he takes and, it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and then um, and Stephen also tells him like, well, in order for you to not leak this information, I need to have, I need you to fire Paul. I'm going to have his position now, and on top of that, you're going to give Senator Thompson that cabinet position so that you can win the fucking presidency. And so then, uh, Morris points out like, well, it's your your word against mine. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm the the Democratic. Um, oh my God! What does he say? He says something like, "I'm a governor from so and so, and I have a clean record." While you are a disgruntled, fired employee, so it's my word against yours. And then fucking Stephen, cool as shit, just tells him, "Well, yeah, you're right about that, but are you willing to take that risk?" And then we fucking cut to uh, Morris picking up Paul from his uh, uh barber shop appointment. And he fucking fires him. And now Steven takes his job. And just like that, the tables have fucking turned. Um, what did you think of that scene where he fires uh, uh, Paul? You can tell, like, um, I think that, like, it. this film also is really good at showing how um, seniored in terms of, like, how long these people have been in this, in this business uh, because Paul kind of immediately already knew, like, what was happening. Yeah. And that's why when he gets out of the car, he doesn't seem like he's in shock. He's just thinking like, fuck, like this guy had something and Morris wants to win. And even uh, when he 
I believe uh, there's another press conference and, or no, no, sorry, it's a funeral. It's uh, Molly's uh, funeral. Yeah. And everyone is there and then Paul's there and Paul and Stephen have a moment outside of the church where the funeral is being held and they're just exchanging some words back and forth. But uh, Paul does say this one line and he says, you know, maybe in a few years we can grab a beer and you can tell me what you had on Morris that got him to fire me. And uh, Stephen just keeps trying to play it cool. And he's like, how do you know I didn't have anything on you? Yeah, I think it, I like, I honestly take it at least because there's not a lot of backstory for Paul's character. So I don't know if he has anything bad on him, but he was already aware that Steven had yeah. something on him, on, on Morris. Yeah, it's it just goes to show like everyone is super slimy in this world and that everyone has some is something to hide. Because even when Steven brings that up, like, how do you not know that I had something on you? Like, he accepts it like, all right, like, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. But like, everyone has just done slimy shit. So it's just fucking crazy. Like, and, and the way how they talk so casually to at Molly's funeral, which is just so fucked up, but just yeah. another layer of like, yeah, something that happened, whatever. We're still have jobs. So let's keep working. Um, and we see that in the next scene that Morris is now endor- endorsed by Senator Thompson. He lost Ohio, but it really doesn't fucking matter because with this endorsement from Senator Thompson, like he's a shoe in to be the uh, the leader of the Democratic Party. And then we see Stephen getting ready for an interview and he gets uh, bombarded by Ida with a bunch of questions. And now again, the tables have turned. Ida had dirt on him at one point, but now Stephen is like, almost fucking untouchable to Ida and he can mm-hmm. barely even get him to talk to her. Um, and then um, Steven is getting ready for an interview and the movie just ends there. He's the next uh, campaign manager for Morris. And, and that's that. What did you think of the ending? I liked it. Um, it kind of does show though, like how people, once the, pos- once the position opens up or the opportunity arises, like they'll kind of just like slide in there and feel like those shoes Cause even yeah, when Ida is uh is asking him for like some type of scoop or like gets asked what happened, she does play like both sides. She says, "Oh, I thought we were friends," and he turns around, he's like, "We're best friends," but then just says nothing after that, and just walks right into uh this interview where he can hear it in the his earpiece that oh like the Morris's new uh, uh campaign manager. And he's just like stone cold look on his face, but he 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 ended up getting everything that he wanted. He he got a better position. He got all this, all these problems that are that he was worried about taking care of. Like Tom Duffy doesn't matter anymore. That story doesn't matter anymore. Paul doesn't matter anymore. Molly doesn't matter anymore. And he is getting what he wanted, which was to get Morris to be the president. Yeah, and you can see that obtaining that came with a big ass price because he is not the same person he once was. He's not this like smooth guy. He's cold as fuck. And was it worth it? In my opinion, no. <laughs> like, it's fucking <laughs> it, um, crazy. It kind of because uh, I rewatched the uh, Breaking Bad recently, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I watched it because I think the last time I rewatched it was maybe. Uh, six or seven years ago 
and I rewatched it this time and I was just thinking like, fuck, like at the very beginning, the character, uh, Walter White played by Brian Cranston is such a fucking asshole. And he never comes off like that in the first, the first episode. And he Mm. comes off as like this very, oh, like family man, um, dweeby, goofy, nerdy. And immediately once he has like a little bit of power somewhere, he just immediately takes control of that. And he just progressively gets worse and worse the more it happens and the more he wants to like con- like uh, obtain control over everything. And it made me look on this movie of how like that's kind of what happened to S- Steven's character. Like Steven mm-hmm. kind of lost a lot of control with everything that was going on with the campaign and in well, mostly with the campaign and once he regains that control, he kind of becomes like this stone cold person. And it kind of like made me think, do you think people are inherently like that? And once they get in these positions of power, like their real selves kind of come out from that? Or do you think it's all like uh, the surroundings, like like their situations around them? I, I tend to believe it's the situations around them that lead people to be like that. I think that having a position of power really brings out your true self. Um, but I don't think everyone's inherently like bad once they get power. I think about teachers that I work with and students tell me like, yeah, they're fucking, they go on a power trip for every little thing. And I do see their perspective. I think that some ways that teachers handle their classroom management can be super fucking intense. I think that all punishments should be like uh, logical. Some of them aren't very large logical. Um, but I think that's just a product of the person and their surroundings, not just because they have power that they're going to be some crazy fucking weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, yeah, we don't really delve into, um, Steven's past, but I'm sure if we did, we would see that he is like, or, well, we do see why he becomes so fucking cold. It's because he gets fucked over like crazy throughout the movie. So he is definitely a product of his, um, of his upbringing. Damn, it's crazy. That brings damn. That brings <laughs> us to our rating. Emilio, give me a summary of your feelings about this movie, and then give it a rating from one to five. I really, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I don't really watch a lot of. Uh, well, actually, I don't even think there is anymore. Really, given the fucking political climate that has uh, evolved because of Trump, yeah, and everything that has to do with that. Uh, there is not a lot of political movies anymore. Um, but even then I, I don't really watch, I don't really watch movies like this, but I really enjoyed this movie. It is a bit of a slow burner, but you do have to keep in mind, like this is all kind of centered around politics and, politics is very well yeah i mean it's kind of different now but back then it wasn't like as big and flamboyant and there wasn't constant uh bombshells um but this movie holds up very well it doesn't really age much all everyone in it is great especially uh philip seymour hoffman and paul giamatti George Clooney has a great uh, scene at the end too. Like they're like everyone really shines when they're supposed to. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I really would recommend this movie to anybody. Uh, I'll give it a five out of five. Nice, very respectable. Um, yeah, I think the one thing I was worried about was seeing how Ryan Gosling would stack up to the star-studded cast that he's with. Um, man, like you pointed out, Paul Giamatti and Philip Seymour Hoffman are two actors in my mind that are like, they are the bar. Like they are amazing fucking actors. George Clooney too is also fucking amazing. Um, and then Marissa Tomei is also a fucking star as well. So he, uh, Ryan Gosling didn't feel out of place in this movie for sure. Any scene that he shared with anyone else, it felt good. It felt like he should be there. Um, of course, we have a fucking Ryan Gosling podcast, so we have to like him to some extent, right? But <laughs> I I do like him a lot. I think he fucking fits in. I think he kills yeah. it. And he does a good job in this role. I think this is a very interesting movie. It is thrilling. It There was a lot of moments where I said out loud, like, oh, fuck, or things like that. <laughs> um, and I would definitely watch it again. So I'm going to give this movie a five out of five. Yeah, so I do want to... Yeah, go for right. it. I do want to add on that I think he works so well because of his position like in the of the character. He is like a somewhat new person around like these fucking dudes that have been doing it for years and this is like their whole lives and they've been doing it for well over I want to say 10, 15 years. And I think that plays really well like with uh, Ryan Gosling because he is maybe not an up and comer, but someone newer, new ish. And he's alongside like all these guys that are powerhouse actors that have been doing it for years. So I, I think it, it really plays well, like on both sides in terms of like the story and just them acting as like professionals. I think that really like kind of helps it too. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm so glad that he worked so well in this movie. Like, if I saw a scene with him in the movie and I felt like, ooh, he's like underacting or he's not doing as hot, like I would have been pretty crushed. But I think he's he fucking killed it. Yeah. So, um, in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling films, uh, S being the best, all the way down to an F. Where are you gonna place this one? Honestly, like an S. Yeah. Um, you get like those those crazy stares that he does of intense and intense moments. Um, he does, you do see like that character shift pretty drastically where he's very like charismatic and comes off as like, Oh, like, Hey, like I'm the cool guy. And yeah, like I believe in the Morris, I believe he's in president. Like this guy's perfect. And then, way down he just becomes like this stone cold dude who wants to fucking win and he yeah he plays it very well so i give him an s yeah i think this is a fantastic character arc um the only thing that this is missing in terms of like uh uh, stereotypical Ryan Gosling movies is a scream. There's no like audible <laughs> high pitched scream, but I think that's good. It would have been out of place for the character of Steven to do a scream like that. Um, and he's also still charming, but I, I think I, what I like the movies that I like a lot about Ryan Gosling is when he comes off charming, but then his character unravels because he realizes the reality of his situation. Um, 
So I think and this movie made me think of his performance in um, Place Beyond the Pines and then also in movies like The Believer, him just being a person who is like torn but, uh, between different worlds. Um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. He does a great performance and everyone around him is fucking great too. So I'm going to give this an S as well. All right, so last question. Are we literally him? Do you literally see yourself as Steven? Um... I don't know, man. I got to be put in some type of position of power and we'll find out. We're gonna, find out. We'll find manager. out pretty quickly too. Because I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's very passionate about uh, what he wants. He seems very passionate in uh, others, specifically Morris at the beginning of the movie. Um, it's hard to say that I am literally him because of the drastic shift in character that he has. Um, I can see a few things where, you know, if I were put in a situation where I had to make certain decisions and they got me jaded as a person, I'm sure I would become jaded and I would kind of, uh, just be stone cold and just do my job and get whatever I need to get done. Um, but until that time, until that time comes, I don't know. But I would say, yeah, to an extent, I can be. Well, I'll let you know when uh, there's a new campaign that I decide to uh, oversee. You're gonna fucking do Joe Biden's re-election campaign. Nope. Trump train, oh. baby. <laughs> Getting my boy back cousin, in the White House. All your cousins are like, finally, Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew uh, it. That's why I'm always posting on Instagram. <laughs> um, just to go back to like political conversations, uh, me and God will have a lot of political conversations, but one thing she does do is she calls me uh, Sleepy Joe, where it always makes me laugh so much. <laughs> she's, so trying Joe, to get, like, she's trying to get you. <laughs> she's trying to fucking get me mad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's tough for me to see myself in this character. Um, Steven is a person who's really driven by anger. I'm a person who can get angry too, but I'm not driven by anger. I don't want to get back at people. Um especially in work. If I get fucked over really hard at work, I'm not going to come back full force like trying to like get someone fired. Like I'm just going to be like, "All right, fuck you guys. I'm going to go find another job then." Yeah. Um so I'm not super motivated like Steven is. Also, he has a weird relationship with Molly um who is 10 years younger than him and that's super weird. Mm-hmm. Um and he I mean the only thing I do resonate with him is how he is so enamored by Morris and how disillusioned he becomes once he finds out the truth about Morris. Like I've had that happen. I'm sure that's a story everyone has gone through growing up and becoming an adult is you, you have such a fascination or a liking for some person then you find out the truth about them and you're just like, Oh man, they're shitty people. So that's probably the only thing I really resonated with him. So I'm going to say that I'm not literally him. It's only a matter of time till we get older and we just find out something we hate about Ryan Gosling. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm dreading that, dude. I really don't <laughs> hope that day never comes. <laughs> like, what do you think it's going to be that comes out about him that we're going to hate? I feel like he can say that he murders people, and I'd be like, ah, I still like him. <laughs> I think if he came out saying, like, yeah, I take steroids, I'd be like, good for you. You know? <laughs> you really care about your body. Hey, you know, you got you to gotta make that money, Ryan. I respect it. Uh, maybe, honestly, I think if he has an affair on Eva, Ava Mendes, then I would be like, you fucking asshole, fuck you. <laughs> I think I would be like, hey, come on, it's Ryan. Women are throwing <laughs> themselves at him. You can't tame that bad boy. It's not going to stay in his pants. What do you expect? <laughs> Shit, if he wanted to fuck me, I'd let him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't. <laughs> Why are we both Southern? <laughs> I would have, uh, after that, some blackmail, and I would <laughs> have some requests of him, but hey, that's just politics, baby. That's just how it is. <laughs> um, you guys should give us a rating. Emilio, what should they rate our podcast? A uh, five out of five or four. Five out of five Nespresso's. Um fucking george clooney all i ever think about him now is uh his nespresso ads oh yeah you're how right. much money he makes off of coffee <laughs> but yeah you guys should give us a rating um send yeah. us gifts too and send us stuff <laughs> yeah follow us on tiktok um try to find us on instagram you can hand you know try to find our handles i don't know maybe it'll be a fun task for you but yeah <laughs> we'll see you guys <laughs> next time bye bye